Hello. Heyo. All right, all right, all right. No. Hey, homies. I'm Katie. I'm Sydney. And this is Something Sick. What's up? How much? <laughs> okay. I thought you just weren't going to speak. Mm-mm. Okay. That's going to be a really awkward episode. Yeah, no. <laughs> just me talking to myself. Nah. Cool. I'll be here. If you need me. <laughs> what if you just left? <laughs> like, we set up to record and you just left. I'd be really sad. And I never came back. You had <laughs> to live alone. Out. <laughs> um, what's up, guys? I feel like we had something we were like, we should talk about this. And now I can't remember. Was it that we watched scary movies for once? No. It then was I like, don't know what it was. Yeah, I don't know. Was it like news? I don't know. Was I honestly have no idea. Ghost shows? No idea. Okay. I have no recollection. <laughs> well. We're back. <laughs> yeah. Another week. Still kind of trying to get back into the swing of it, but it's going to be great. I've got a pretty long um, document of research today. Great. Let's dive right in. So this week, we are talking about the Amityville Horror House. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had never seen this movie, like the Amityville Horror. And I had never read, read the book either. But the book was fine. It was kind of slow. Um, but I was like, Katie, you should watch this movie with me because I was worried that I was going to be scared and I didn't want to watch it by myself. Yeah. And it was not it's scary. It's two hours of our lives that so we'll never get back. It was really bad. I'm going to say if you like scary movies... I would not recommend it. Okay, but then we watched The Conjuring because we got a little cocky. <laughs> I was so scared. That was quite scary. Um, but the Amityville, there weren't even like jump, good jump scares in it or anything. No, it was bad. So, um, yeah, there's that. Yeah. So Katie. <laughs> um, I was unimpressed. Yeah. She knows a little bit I about the I think I could have made that movie. <laughs> yeah. But she knows a little bit about the story because I also kept pausing and being like, that's wrong. <laughs> but anyway, so the this is the story of a haunting. I'm doing something different. I've never actually done a haunted one except no. for the North American legends. Um, but there's also a lot of conversation over whether this story was real or whether it was a hoax. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of in the middle I'm not totally sure which I believe. Uh, based on that movie, I think it's fake. But <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So, um, the story starts in 1965 when the DeFeo family moved into 112 Ocean Avenue in Amityville, New York. And the house was built in 1928 and... Like I said, the DeFeos moved in in 65. The father, Ronald DeFeo Sr., was a car salesman in Brooklyn, and the family of seven. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, seven kids or seven total? Seven total. Okay. Five kids. Um, lived in Amityville, which is a wealthiest suburb about 40 miles from Manhattan on Long Island. So it was a five-bedroom home, and it housed Ronald and his wife, Louise, Along with their five children, Ronald Jr., a.k.a. Butch, um, Don, Allison, Mark, and John. I don't remember any of their names but except for Butch. Well, yeah, he's kind of the, the okay, important good. <laughs> one in the story, unfortunately. Okay. So, outside of their well-off exterior, Ronald Sr. was known to have a temper, and he was rumored to have ties with the mafia. 
Makes sense. They're in Long Island. So everyone in Long Island (laughs) ties to the mafia. (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, he was sometimes abusive to his family, um, especially Butch, the oldest. Um, It is even stated in some places that at one point, Butch suffered a severe head injury. Oof. Which, you know, that's never good. But we can't blame that his actions all on that. No, no. So, on November 13th, 1974, 23-year-old Ronald DeFeo Jr., a.k.a. Butch, shot and killed his parents, two brothers, and two sisters in their home. And some people theorize that he may have drugged them, like, at dinner beforehand, but that's not, like, totally known. Okay. Um, And it is thought that the killing started around 3.15 in the morning. They only really said that, I think, because... Like, one of the neighbor's dogs was, like, barking at that time. Okay. But I don't think that the actual, like, coroner's reports and stuff, like, have a a time. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, all six victims were shot while asleep in bed, and all of them were lying on their stomachs, which is kind of interesting that that they were all on their stomach. Yeah. But, um, Louise, the mother, was shot in the head, and everyone else was shot in the back. And all of them were shot at point blank range. Um, there are about nine shots that were fired and no neighbors claimed to hear any of them, even though there was no silencer on the weapon. Interesting. Which is strange. I mean, how close were the other neighbors? I mean, when you look at like pictures of it, like they're not far. far. Okay. But. Interesting. I don't know. They also, I mean, they lived on a canal. So you would think that it would like echo a little bit, but that also means that the water they're like would- a little further away. Yeah, and water might absorb some of this. Yeah. I don't so, know actually don't know. anything about that. So. I don't know why I talked about it like I did. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, yeah, totally. I'm in the mood to just talk about things that We're I have gonna make stuff no up. idea. <laughs> so Ronald Jr. told a story of finding his parents and siblings murdered so in their caught. beds. Um, so the next day he like ran into a nearby uh, bar. This is the story. I'm not totally confident that this is technically true this is what is written in some stuff what also might be fabricated okay um did he actually murder them yes okay so the story is that he ran to a local bar and asked for help and he claimed that someone had broken into the house and killed his family um he at one point tried to point the finger at the mafia because his dad had mob ties point finger don't do that (laughs) (laughs) um but sydney has a song called point the finger i think Yes, that is the name of it. We can move on. (laughs) Ask her to sing it for you sometime. Um, But it pretty quickly became evident that he was the culprit. So his story changed a lot over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is known for the most part is that he loaded the gun, walked upstairs, and killed his parents first. And then 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark nine-year-old John, and then finally 18-year-old Dawn. Interesting. Um, It is believed that Allison and Louise were awake at the time of their deaths, which is just horrible. Um, Later in 1986, DeFeo changed his story and said that his oldest sister Dawn was also involved and that she like helped plan the murders and he claimed that it was her who killed her siblings interesting and that like that was never part of the plan but she like did it to get rid of witnesses Hmm. and then like he killed her interesting but there is like no it's weird that he would bring that into 
it later. Yes. And there's like no evidence really that like points to that or disproves it. Yeah. So it's just kind of there. Yeah. So after a while, Ronald also said that on the day of the murders, he was in the basement and a figure appeared to him, gave him a 35 caliber rifle and forced him to kill his family that just did not happen yeah he said it like went with him to like every room and stuff and like made him do it i hate that um and later he was he would say that that was not true and that he just made it up to try and plead insanity um on november 14th so a day after the murder ronald was arrested in the fall of 1975, he was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences. Whoa. Despite arguing for insanity, it, they were able to prove that, like, he was fully. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, d- he even said, I made that up. Yeah. So he was clearly fit and stable and understood what he was doing. Um, but still, people would wonder if there really were things in the house that influenced him to murder. Yeah. Um, and... Ronald DeFeo Jr. died on March 12th, 2021 at age 69. So he um, died very recently. Yeah. Which is... In March, you said, of mm-hmm. last year? Wow. Yeah. So. In prison. In prison. Yep. Man. So the house at 112 Ocean Avenue remained empty for 13 months after the murders. And finally, in 1975, George and Kathleen Lutz looked at the home. Like I said, it was a five-bedroom house. It was in a Dutch colonial style, and it had a swimming pool and a boathouse, and it was located right on the canal. So it was was a a pretty nice house. Um, Jordan and Kathleen were newly married. They had married in, like, July, I think. And they moved in when? December. Okay. Um, And Kathy had three children from a previous marriage, and they just wanted to, you know, get a fresh start together. Makes sense. So. That is rough. Yeah. If Uh, it's true. Yeah. After their first tour of the house, the Lutzes were informed of the house's history and the murders that had taken place, and they discussed it, but the price of the home was, it was only... $80,000 $80,000 and I did a little math and did you plug it into I, I plugged Google? it into Google and yeah. then I searched things on Zillow yeah <laughs> so $80,000 in 1975 is about 415000 today um which comparatively a house with a pool on the water with five bedrooms and over 4,000 square feet should be like well over a million dollars yeah so they got a steal yeah they got a seal on it so they were like yeah, uh, I don't think it's the history is a problem. No. So on December, especially if the guy was like, "Yeah, I made that up." Like about he just spirits. did it. Yeah. Well, they he hadn't said that at this point, mm. but I don't think that they really like. Well, first of all, he had been proven to be sane. Yeah. So it's like people didn't totally believe that story anyway. Mm-hmm. And then also, I don't think that, they didn't think it was real anyway. Yeah. So. So on December 18th, 1975, the Lutz family moved into their new home and George was a former Marine and the family was not superstitious. I was going to say super superstitious, but that, okay. You could have. I could have. Um, they even said that at one point they're like, yeah, we asked the kids and they didn't have a problem with it. What do they know? They're like a pool. Yeah. And the youngest is five. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I don't. Like, Some older sibling murdered their entire family. Do you want to move in? Like a five-year-old. I, I just don't believe that. Mm-mm. But okay. So um, they were like, yeah, this is not going to be a problem. 
but they only lived there for 28 days. Yeah. So they did not Clearly, last long. Clearly, it was a problem. <laughs> yeah. So 28-year-old George and 30-year-old Kathy moved into the home along with 9-year-old Daniel, 7-year-old Christopher, 5-year-old Melissa, who they called Missy, and their lab mix named Harry. Mm. So the dog yeah. is fine. Yes, I know. <laughs> Just thinking of the conjuring. Oh, the puppy. Sadie. So the home was partially furnished with a lot of the DeFeo family's furniture, um, which the Lutz family purchased for an additional $400. Wow. Which I'm like, I get it. Oh, like, I would. I wouldn't want it. But also, like, that's a steal. Yeah. But this furniture included not only appliances, but also some of the bed frames and bedroom sets. So, like, they're letting, like, their kids sleep on the, like, bed frames that other kids were murdered on. That's messed up. Which I'm just... I If I ever found out that I had been sleeping on a bed... I would not had been, speak to my parents. No, I would be so mad. Yeah. So, yeah. Um... So I watched a documentary called Amityville Horror House, and I have some quotes from it. Okay. Um, and I trust it because Jason Hawes was in it. <laughs> I love him. So he discussed how when traumatic events happen, some of that energy can be trapped into something on the foundation, mm-hmm. including things like furniture. Yeah. So. Makes sense. I definitely believe that, like, furniture and stuff can. Oh, yeah. That's why there's haunted objects and yeah, stuff. I, or I attachments, like you know. I don't like it. That's why Zach Bagans has a whole dang museum. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) Yeah. So a friend of George's asked him to have the home blessed just in case. He was like, I know that you don't care about this stuff, but like you should still get it blessed. Yeah. So George was Methodist, but Kathy and her kids were Catholic. So they decided it couldn't hurt. And this is already where the story kind of becomes a little bit questionable. Mm -hmm. So... In the book, the priest is named Father Mancuso, and in the 1979 movie, he's named Father Delaney. In real life, he is Father Ralph Pecoraro. What the heck? Yeah. And I think they gave him several different names to, like, try and protect his identity, his identity kind of thing. Um, but Pecoraro's story changed several times, and some people think that, like, he was, like, involved in the hoax, um, but... I tried to only focus on the things that he said like multiple times or I will like try and clarify if it's only like in the book or something. Okay. Um, Plus the movie and the book spent so much time talking about him and it was just like, I don't care. (laughs) No offense. Neither did my sister. Yeah. So father Pecoraro arrived to bless the house and even this is argued against. Originally, he said that he only spoke to the Lutzes over the phone, but later he did admit to going in person and having this experience that I'm about to talk about. And it kind of seems like he like tried, he got like pushback from other people in the church. And so they were like, we don't want you to talk about this. And so mm. he like didn't for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, supposedly upon entering the home, Pecoraro started to flick the holy water and recite whatever you recite in a house blessing i don't know i do not know either and he heard a masculine voice in his ear saying get out yeah no thank you i would get out yeah um and this is all happening in the sewing room which is an extra bedroom on the second floor and he also mentioned that the room felt unnaturally cold 
And then he felt like something slapped him in the face. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But still, he didn't immediately tell the Lutz family about this. Which I, like, feel like you should have to. I would tell them immediately. Like, like you're there because they're worried about that a little bit. Yeah. Like, you should tell them what's going on. Yeah, I'd be mad if he if that happened and he didn't tell me. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to mention that the sewing room also happens to be the room where Mark and John DeFeo were murdered. Okay. And a lot happens in there. Great. So, um... There's also a bunch of stories in the movie and the book about the priest having a bunch of car troubles after leaving, but those aren't exactly like, first of all, they're not like controlled. Like those can happen anyway. Yeah. And also I couldn't find anything actually like corroborating those stories and proving that they happened at all. Mm -hmm. So kind of reminds me of demon house though. Yeah. There's another thing that I'm going to talk about that kind of reminds me of demon house a little bit. Mm. So maybe I'll have to do that. I was thinking of doing that at some point. Not we next probably should. I need a break. Yeah. <laughs> that, but. So, um, the first night at the home, George had chained the dog, Harry, up outside, which, by the way, makes me so mad because it was really cold out and the dog yeah, should be inside. That's mean. Like, I understand, like, having your pets outside when it's, like, a comfortable temperature for them. But if it is freezing or very hot, Mm-mm. bring your dog inside, please. Anyway. So from inside the home, the family started to hear Harry like howling Hmm. and it turned out that he had tried to jump the fence and was like stuck on his chain. Like it was like kind of choking him. And thankfully they got to him quickly and were able to shorten his chain so he couldn't like try to jump the fence anymore. But the family kind of later on like looked back and kind of think that he was trying to chase after something non-human or run from something non-human. So interesting interesting just felt like i should include it could be an animal though yeah that too so that night george was woken up at 3 15 a.m which we've 3 15 p.m he was asleep in the middle of the afternoon um and we talked about already that 3 15 might have been the time that the defeos were murdered Mm -hmm. and it is also the like devil's hour the witching hour the the witching hour spooky And he was woken up by the boathouse door and it has somehow opened up in the middle of the night and the wind was like making it smack into the wall. Yeah. And how close was the house to the boathouse? I mean, like close. I don't think that they're like, I I have no concept. of. I don't know if I would hear that and wake up. Yeah. I don't. If it was far enough away. It wasn't like super far. Like it. It doesn't look that far in pictures. Okay. I don't believe that their master bedroom faced the um boathouse i think it wasn't like it wasn't on the opposite side i think it was like on the side Side of the house okay um but i don't know did their bedroom actually have mirrors everywhere yes ew i don't think it i think it was just behind the bed i don't think that it was everywhere around the room but i think it was behind the bed i am gonna talk about that a little bit too um so he woke up that first night and checked the boathouse door but it would kind of become a compulsion for him where he would wake up every night at 3 15 and like go check the boathouse or check like all of the windows and doors and stuff Hmm. like that which isn't necessarily like spiritual that could be just anxiety or like other things but um yeah uh i wrote in here by the way i'm really glad i don't have to wake up at 3 15 anymore yeah because that's literally when my like alarms used to be set for work and um 
it's kind of spooky and i'm glad i don't have to do that anymore <laughs> i'm glad i've never really had to do that <laughs> yeah um so george specifically could not seem to stay warm in the house um he would constantly be like throwing logs in the fire even if the thermostat said it was like 80 degrees inside oh the house gosh. he would be like i'm cold which <laughs> you know i would be so upset i would know you're sick <laughs> I would not be okay. I'm like, you need to go to a doctor <laughs> like, because I'm usually the one that's freezing. I'm always hot. So it's um, quite terrible for me, guys. <laughs> It'll be so cold in here and she, she just turns it down. Because <laughs> I'm sweating. You can put a blanket on. I don't, I don't like to always have to do that. <laughs> well, I don't like to sweat. <laughs> anyway, um, even after a, just like a day or two in the house, the entire family seemed to be having attitude problems. Um, so the boys were getting into like fist fights with each other. Oh, my family did that. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and Missy would stare into the distance humming to herself, which is just like textbook horror movie. That would scare me so bad. I would be so scared. Um, she even at one point asked her mom, Mama, do angels talk? Ew. No, thank you. I mean, they do in the Bible. <laughs> in the Bible. Yeah, that's true. I don't think that she was talking to an no. angel, though. Um, along with the kids acting strange, George and Kathy started to use more physical discipline against the kids. Um, they would spank them with a wooden spoon and Ooh. stuff like that. Ow. Um, and I'm in no way trying to say that that was just like them being afflicted by the house. Like that yeah. that was them being at fault. And yeah. Yeah. So but it's also feeding more negative energy into the home mm -hmm. and stuff. So on the morning of December 22nd, while she was sitting alone in the kitchen, Kathy felt the sensation of someone hugging her from behind. No, no, no. And like patting her hand. And she said she felt like the presence was like attempting to be comforting. But like, obviously, she was not. No. Having it. Um, and she also said the presence was accompanied by the strong smell of perfume. Weird. So it's very strange. I would be so scared. Uh, yeah. Like, not even just like a touch on your shoulder. Wrapping like around yeah. you. Mm -mm. That same day, the children supposedly noticed an upstairs toilet. Sorry. That seemed to be coated in black paint that couldn't be flushed away. Uh, yeah. That was in the movie. <laughs> it was in the movie. And they showed their mom. And then they found out that the other toilets in the home also had the same like black sludge around them. Yuck. And... In addition, George and Kathy's bathroom smelled like death. So. That's so gross. Yeah. Not good. So while George and Kathy went around opening windows to try and get rid of the smell, they noticed that a window in the sewing room was covered with hundreds of flies. Yeah. Which is so gross. Yep. No, thank you. That was in the movie. It was also in the movie. Yes. Um really gross that was maybe my least favorite part same also the freaking documentary i watched kept like showing close-up shots of flies yuck and i was like they I kept doing that in the movie i know i was like i don't need to see this no i i know what a fly looks like it's fine i don't want to be that close to a fly no <laughs> they're annoying um and it was the temperature outside was in the single digits and the window was also cold so obviously it's, yeah it's not really the time that you would expect to see a lot of flies no, especially not in New York. No. But the next night, as always, George woke up at 3.15 in the morning. Um, but this time, 
As the story goes, he went downstairs to find the front door wide open and hanging off the hinges. That's scary. What day was this? Um, I want to say it was like the 22nd or 23rd. Your birthday. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and he remarked that it seemed like it had been like broken open from the inside as if someone was trying to get out. But that said, it seems like um, like later people that have been in the house have noted that the door still has the original hardware on it hmm. which means that it could not have been broken yeah and it seems like it was maybe like the screen door or something that had been broken like that which could have just been from like heavy winds yeah so interesting yes um the original hardware is still on the door apparently that's creepy I think it, I mean, it might have been changed now because they've like renovated the house good. quite a bit. Um, like the windows that you always see with the Amityville yeah. house have been changed. Okay, good. So that it's not like as recognizable. Okay, They good. also changed the address of it, but I'm not going to say what it is. Yeah, because, good for them. Yeah. <laughs> so Father Pecoraro ended up supposedly developing blisters and sores all over his hands. And he thought that it was from like the house or from being Demon in the house. house. Yes. Um... But the doctor thought that they could be from anxiety, which it also could be like anxiety from like stuff at the house. Yeah. Or just general anxiety. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, either way, after developing these sores, he decided that maybe he should tell the Lutzes what happened in their home. Maybe. So he tried to call them. But whenever he tried to call them, the line would like crackle or like the calls would not even go through. So that's scary. I don't like that. No. Um, Early in the morning on Christmas, George woke up at 315 and obviously. Yep. Always. And Kathy was sleeping on her stomach beside him. And allegedly she jolted awake screaming, quote, she was shot in the head, (laughs) which obviously would be in reference to Louise DeFeo. Mm -hmm. who was the only one of the family shot in the head. However, this information had not been given to the media yet. And so there's no reason that Kathy would have known it. Yeah. Supposedly. It's a very weird thing for them to make up. Yes. It's like, also this whole thing, it's like, they got this house for a steal. Why would they want to get out of it? Yes. And they like, we'll talk about it some more later too, but they did, they did like make money off of like selling the book and like the movie and stuff. But, like, they lost out on their home. home. And they, like, did not. They, like, just left it pretty yeah. much. So. And, like, they left, like, most of their belongings. Like, they. That sucks. Yeah. I don't think that it was really. It doesn't really totally make sense for them to make the whole thing up. No. But. After calming Kathy down from her, like, waking up with that, like, night terror thing. Mm-hmm. George went outside to check the boathouse, as always. And on his way back inside, he looked up and could see Missy in her bedroom window and she was staring at him and behind her he could see the face of a pig Mm-mm. with glowing red eyes no 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 and let me take a moment that the movie that was so terrible here's the deal when i read this like i was like oh that would freak me out like the way i was envisioning it in my head mm-hmm. was so much scarier than the movie than the movie i hated what the movie did it looked so fake it was just like a like I I don't envision it as like a genuine like pig like I I kind of envision it as like a pig head on a human body kind of thing which I don't know if that's correct 
but that's just how I envision it and it's freakier yeah. <laughs> but it was just like a levitating <laughs> like giant pig but anyway um that would be scary yeah I would be quite behind scared. your child yeah so he ran inside and found Missy sound asleep in her bed on her stomach Mm-mm. and the rocking chair in the corner was slowly rocking back no, and forth no 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 yeah I would not that's be. scary no so later on the Lutzes decided that they were just going to kind of close off the sewing room too much weird stuff had happened in there mm-hmm. and so they just told their kids like stay out of the sewing room and the kids would kind of like speak among themselves and question why like the room was off limits mm-hmm. and Missy told her brothers quote I know why we have to keep out Jody's in there no listen kids are like so freaking scary yeah and like i had an imaginary friend but i also like can remember being like fully aware that she was imaginary like you know yeah i did not have an imaginary friend to my knowledge i did my brother did too um you guys are just kind of weird huh i'm just kidding (laughs) we just didn't have real friends so we had to make them up (laughs) anyway so missy's brothers asked i'm sorry you're weird. I would never say that about your brother. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, I would. You're cool. <laughs> so Missy's brothers asked who Jody was, and she replied, quote, he's my friend. He's a pig. <laughs> I would also not be friends with a pig. Ew, no. She said Jody was a pig? Yeah. That's kind of rude. <laughs> I would haunt her, too. What if Jody's just, like, a little girl? And she's like, what the heck? Dude, I'm not a pig. Um, so... One time, Kathy found Missy talking to herself, and Kathy would say that she could hear, like, another voice in the room, but couldn't see anyone else. I hate that. Yeah. And so she asked Missy who she was talking to, and Missy told her about Jody, saying, quote, nobody can see him but me. Ew. Don't like that? Mm-mm. Um, so... Missy would also later tell her parents that sometimes Jody was no bigger than a teddy bear, and sometimes he was as big as the house. Ooh. Which, that's, like, freaky. Yeah. I don't like either the thought of him being, like, tiny. (laughs) I'd rather it be tiny. Yeah. But it's just, like, that's weird. Also, where is he that he's as big as the house? Outside. Outside, I guess. Just chilling in the swimming pool. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, unfortunately, demonic entities will often appear to children as something that is non-threatening to them. Yeah. So, to Missy, this pig was non-threatening. But pigs have been associated with demons since the in the Bible. Bible. In Matthew 8, 24 through 32, it talks about Jesus casting demons out of possessed men and into pigs. Mm-hmm. So, they're often associated with, with demons devil. yeah and that's scary mm-hmm. so um moving on from jody we'll come back to jody though great on december 28th the lutzes discovered a quote-unquote hidden room in the basement that was painted solid red and they said that it smelled like blood um and george would later say that he saw the face of ronald defeo jr inside which is interesting considering he didn't die until 2021. Yeah. So it's like, I don't I don't know why. He Doesn't would... he kind of, isn't he supposed to look like him? Yeah, he's like kind of looks like him a little bit or like so people said. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, he didn't like see a reflection. It's not his face. He yeah. said it was DeFeo's. But I feel like if you're making up the story, though, mm-hmm. you would pick someone who was dead. 
Yeah. So I don't know. It's weird. It's it's very strange. Like, and when I was writing it, they just said like Ronald DeFeo. They didn't say junior or senior. So I was like, oh, senior, right? And they're like, no. Junior. And it all said that he saw Ronald DeFeo Jr. And I was like, hmm. that doesn't really make sense. It could have been proving it had something to do with it. Maybe. You know, I don't know. It's just very interesting. Like, I don't know what that would be if that's real. No, it is strange. But um, George also claimed that Whenever Harry, the dog, was down there, he would cower from that room like he was scared of it. Mm, poor puppy. I know. Poor Harry Styles. <laughs> You're just naming him Harry Styles? Uh-huh. Okay. It's the only person named Harry that I know. <laughs> Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> I don't know him. <laughs> I know who he is, but I don't know him. You I've never been in the same Harry room Styles? as him. <laughs> you personally know Harry Styles? I've been in the same room as Harry Styles okay. several times. <laughs> um. So... It was later noted that the room that they talk about was not, like, hidden like the book and the movie, like, suggest. So the book kind of talks about it being, like, hidden, like, behind boards that they, like, broke up. Mm-hmm. In the movie, they're, like, breaking up, like, straight concrete to get to it. Yeah. Um, and that happened later. In the, yeah. And then he fell through the stairs into it. Yeah. <laughs> into the black. Into the black gunk. sludge. Yeah. Um, but... In real life, the red room was in like a little storage area. So you like open a door and it's like a room of shelves. And then red off- room reminds me of Hill House. Oh, yeah. Mm. Sketchy. Now that was good. I loved Hill House. Um, so like off to the left, there's like a tiny opening. It's like one of those like smaller like attic doors kind of things. Mm-hmm. But there's not a door. It's just open. And Ew. the red room is in there. Creepy. And... It's like a little like extra storage area. Um, yeah. One of the DeFeo's like friends later said like they kept toys in there. Like we would go like sit in it. Ew. I know. But it's like so it like wasn't yeah. creepy to them. It just like. It would be creepy to me. It like it sounds creepy. But like <laughs> I used to hide in my grandparents like coat closet that had like a, one of those weird like creepy little like it was like tiny at the end of it it like had a slant i don't know how to Hmm. explain it but like i don't know it feels like a kid thing to do yeah at the same time so yeah interesting but either way so it was one of the kids friends yes oh i thought you meant it was one of the parents friends and i was like why are they in there like that's weird children (laughs) like when they were kids okay yeah um they were not there for very long hmm? like they weren't living there for very long they lived there for nine years the defeos oh I was thinking other family. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're good. So uh, I think it was Allison, the oldest. Okay. I think Allison was the oldest. It was the oldest siblings. Okay. Other than Ronald's okay. friend. Okay. I think. Great. I might be wrong on that, but anyway. Um, At one point, George tried to investigate the Red Room and its construction and like look into like the house's blueprints and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And while he was down there, he found that... There was a well underneath the home Ew. that is only mentioned like twice in the book. And I could not find anything to back it up. Like I didn't find mm-hmm. anywhere whether or not that's true. If it is, it's like pretty big because like water is a huge paranormal conductor. Yeah. But like I said, I could not find a single thing mm. <laughs> about whether or not that's true. Interesting. So, um, so one night, George and Kathy were both woken up. By the covers being torn off their bed. Mm-mm. And all of the windows in the home were open. I very much have a fear of those things. Yeah, same. Um, and the wind from their open windows slammed their bedroom door closed. 
And they went to check all the other rooms. And the only bedroom on the second floor with windows closed was Missy's, which they said was like burning hot instead of like really cold like the rest of the house. Hmm. Um, and Missy was sleeping soundly, but the rocking chair was rocking again. Mm-mm. So that's so creepy. And if that's true, Missy's was also one of the bedrooms facing the canal. Hmm. So you would think that like if there's like wind yeah. coming through, I would assume that it would be more so like coming from there. Yeah. But I don't know. But also windows don't just open inward. Oh, yeah. Did they? Well, not like inward. They like slid up. Yeah. So how would wind? I like wouldn't. It yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. So um, one night the book describes that the Lutzes found a strange green substance in the upstairs hallway. Nope. Um, and they described it as like gelatin and it was sticky and wet and they would like wipe it up and it would appear the next morning. Now, the Lutzes later said this was an exaggeration for the sake of the book and the movie. So this like did not happen to that level. But they did say that black liquid would ooze out of the keyholes on the doors. And they kind of act like this was like real and that the slime was kind of like an extension of like yeah. just like. But then I don't believe that. them if they tell me that they made something else. Up. I know. Yeah. But if it was real, at least the like little bits. It like makes it makes me think of like the oil on the blinds. Oh yeah, that's in like Demon House, Mm -hmm. and I would never touch that Mm -mm. in a million years. No, that scares me. No, that man ended up in the hospital. I know. Don't don't touch ghostly substances. (laughs) I don't know the fact that there are some. (laughs) Yeah. So, according to the book, on January first, George and Kathy both saw glowing red eyes outside Mm -mm. of one of their front windows. And when they investigated, they found cloven hooves that had made tracks in the snow, like right outside their window. Ew. However, historical weather records show that there was no accumulation of snow on that day. Oh, they lied. So that is not true. Um, The Lutzes also had a ceramic lion sculpture. And this in the movie, they made it like a like dragon kind of thing. Oh, yeah. That was weird. And at one point, Kathy thought she saw it lunge towards her. (laughs) And another time, George tripped on it when it was placed like in a part of the room that none of them had left it. Hmm. Um, And eventually they stored it in the upstairs and upstairs in the sewing room. Um, And then later they found it like downstairs. So like it kept like just like Moving. moving around. That scares me, too. And eventually they threw it out, which is, like, good. But, like, that's not going to fix it. No. Just, like, putting it in your trash can outside is not going to fix it. No. But Throw it in the lake. That's, yeah. Canal, whatever it is. Um, I also wanted to note that in the movie, when the thing bites George or, like, him? trips him. Well, okay. So they said that it, like, tripped him and that he, like, kind of looked like he had bite marks from it. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. He, like, fell over it in the movie. I don't recall. <laughs> All I remember is, like... It's like some of the worst movie makeup I've ever seen. I literally have no recollection <laughs> That's of this. Fine. Anyway. Um, so there were several nights that George woke up to what he described as a deafening noise that sounded like a marching band, like Ooh. tuning up and like marching downstairs. Uh, that would be 
horrible. As someone who is in marching band, <laughs> that would be terrible. Yeah. Um, and he seemed like the only one who could hear it. He said everyone else slept soundly through it, including the dog. And when he went downstairs to investigate, it would suddenly just go quiet. And the first time it happened, when he went back upstairs to the bedroom, he saw Kathy floating about two feet above the bed. Ew. And he said that she was like slowly drifting like towards the windows. Ooh. I know. That's and a so, weird series of like sequence of events. Yeah. And so he said that he like grabbed her and then because she wasn't over the bed anymore, she fell to the floor. <laughs> She's like, that's like a far fall. Yeah. It's got to hurt. Ouch. Um, and this wasn't the only time that they said that Kathy levitated. It happened again a few days later. Um, and this time she woke up and like, at first, she, like, looked, like, really old, supposedly. Ew. And then later, she, like, looked in the mirror and had, like, dark lines on her face that, like, wouldn't go away. Hmm. It's very, very strange. Weird. I don't... Once again, I, I'm like, I kind of do believe that they made it up at to some level. But also, yeah. so, like you said, so many of the, like, events, like, don't make sense. sense. Yeah. I don't know. Like, why would you make up some of these? It's just like, they're very far-fetched. Yeah. And I also feel like if you're going to like make up like paranormal activity, I feel like you would just go for like the classic, like, I saw something. I, I saw, like, if you know that people were murdered there, I saw a bloody woman in her nightgown mm-hmm. standing in the doorway. Like, I feel like you'd just yeah. go for like the first thing that everyone would like expect. And I feel like people would believe that a little more. Yeah. I don't know. It's just very, like, they went with very weird things if they made it yeah. all up black sludge that's weird yeah yeah i don't know so um i at this point wrote about the mirrors behind the bed because um first of all the mirrors were there when the defeos lived there so they were also like the mirrors were like witness to the murders yeah and then also mirrors are just like very bad vibes bad paranormal vibes yeah i don't i don't like it Mm mm-mm me neither. My mirror is in my closet and I always close the door so that it's not like facing me when I sleep because I don't like it. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> Never thought about it. <laughs> That's fine. Um, anyway, so one night, um, Kathy's brother and his wife were staying the night and they slept in Missy's room. And at 3.15, Kathy's sister-in-law, Carrie, woke up screaming and she told her husband and the Lutzes that something was sitting at the foot of the bed and touched her foot. No, 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 no. That is my nightmare. Yeah, no. And she said she saw a little boy that looked sick and that he asked where Missy and Jody were. Ew. Yeah. So it wasn't Jody. No. It's just like a little boy. Ew. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So Kathy talked to Missy. She was kind of searching for more answers about Jody. Mm-hmm. And she asked Missy, like, why do you think Jody is an angel? Because she had kind of gathered by this point mm-hmm. that Missy h- had been talking about Jody when she asked if angels talk. Yeah. And Missy said, quote, he says he is, Mama. He told me. Ew. It's like, I don't like that. I think he's lying to you. Yeah. And then she said, quote, he tells me about the little boy who used to live in my room. He died, Mama. The little boy got sick and he died. Last night, he said I was going to live here forever so I could play with the little boy. Oh, no, no, no. So. Also, it's like, if they made all this up and they dragged their kids into it, that's really messed up. Yeah. And like, I, yeah, I don't know. it. I go back and forth on it a lot. Yeah. Honestly. So, 
Um, the home also seemed victim to more like poltergeist type haunts with things moving like the lion statue. Um, drawers would open and slam on their own. Doors would slam and the children's beds would be moved across the room with them in them. Um, there was one night that George said that he could hear the boys room like the boys room was above theirs mm. and he could hear their beds like sliding across the room. Hmm. But he said that he felt paralyzed and pinned to the bed by a hoofed figure, which like Ew. could just be sleep paralysis. Yeah. Oh, I never want to experience that. No. Um, later, Danny Lutz would recount that he and his brother, like their beds would levitate to the point of like touching the ceiling. Oh my gosh. With yeah. them on it? I Yeah. Oh, so that's scary. I don't like that. Um, Danny and Chris also at one point complained to their father that there was a monster in their room that tried to grab them and they described it as Ugh. a monster without a face that was cloaked in white. Ew. Yeah. I don't like it. Mm-mm. Poor kids. I'm so glad I didn't live in a haunted house growing up. Are all of these people still like alive? Is this family still alive? No. Um, the kids are. Okay. I know that Kathy is dead. I believe that George is also dead. Okay. Um, and Kathy and George got divorced in like 1988-ish, hmm. I think. Did so. that make it very long? Yeah. So, while whatever was in 112 Ocean Avenue was scaring the Lutzes, it also kind of didn't seem to want them to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they tried to leave, like weather and car troubles and stuff would like keep them from leaving Hmm. and i have several quotes from jason hawes about this um he first said quote the longer they're there the stronger the entity is able to be um and then he said quote breaking the connection of you actually leaving the house and cutting all ties with it is one of the hardest things to do because you become to a point dependent on what is in the home you feel some sort of a connection Mm-hmm. So it's like it was like connected to them and like yeah, it like kind of reminded me of like Waverly yeah of like it scares me but I want to go back all the time mm-hmm. and like I can only imagine if it's your home and the people that spend every day there yeah like they never want to leave yeah hmm. so some people theorize that whatever entity was there wanted the Lutzes to like stay there so they would eventually end up like the DeFeos mm-hmm. and like. But I feel like that kind of goes back to them being like, oh, well, like De- Ronald DeFeo did it because like something made him do it. But he said that wasn't true. So mm-hmm. exactly. Okay, I have a question. Yes. Did the thing with the babysitter in the movie actually happen? No. Okay. Um, so the entity or whatever was in the home was also angered by anything related to God or Jesus. Um, mm. They said that anytime the home was blessed, things seemed to escalate, which like... I I have, like, conflicting feelings about it. Yeah. Because I believe in, like, I believe in God and I believe in, like, the home blessings and things that those work. Yeah. But it almost makes me wonder kind of if, like, they weren't, like, completed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of, like, if things are still getting bad, it means it wasn't completed. And, yeah, you're just pissing it off. Yeah. So. Maybe they just were, like, testing things or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think they only had it, like, actually blessed the one time. Um, And then there were several times that George and Kathy would, like, go around with a cross and be like, be gone. Like, Like, that's not. And it's like, that's not. It should kind of work. But yeah, it's like to a certain level that would work. But you're also if you're not doing it correctly or like, I don't know, you're just going to piss it off more. So um, there was also a moment when uh, 
Kathy had a crucifix in her closet that she found like upside down a lot. Ew. So, yeah. Um, this part makes me so mad. So one day, George checked out a book from the library on demons. Oh, boy. And he brought it back home. So he brought <laughs> it into the home, read it, took notes, and then later made a list of demons' names. Oh, no, 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 no. That no. he attempted to pronounce out loud no, in no. the home. No, 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 no. Like, don't do that. Mm-mm. Don't say the names. No, no. It just like, when oh, I read God. that, I was like, are you kidding me? He was kind of asking for it at yes. that point. <laughs> yes. So. Oh, God, that's so bad. Finally, on January 15th at 7 a.m., the family left the house for good um, after George also saw the figure cloaked in white. Um, they had, like, supposedly been trying to, like, leave the night before and, like, their car wouldn't start and, like, Jeez. stuff like that. So they stayed. He saw the figure. And mm-hmm. then they were like, all right, we're out. We're outie. So. In May, they moved to California to get as far as possible. They literally left behind, like, their belongings. They, like, gave away their cars. They're like, hmm. we're out of here. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, I don't think that... That's also... That's in May. They hadn't written this book yet. They had. They didn't have any of the money yet. Mm-hmm. And they had no promise of getting the money. So yeah. it's just like... Why would they make it? What's the uh, point? Yeah. yeah. But... So George had been in contact with some parapsychologist and was trying to get people to like look into the home, mm-hmm. like people who actually knew what they were doing, which is good. Yeah. So on February 15th, which is um, a month after they left, the Lutzes appeared at a press conference with Ronald DeFeo's attorney oh, and told their story. And a reporter, Laura DiDio, sat down with them. And she later said that if they were making up this story, that they are some of the best actors she'd ever seen. Wow. Um, and Laura DiDio. Also some terrible people. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's my thing. I'm like, I, I, I definitely, they definitely made some of it up, but I, I don't, I think some of it was real. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they made some, they made it up so that people would believe it. Yeah. Be like, or people would care more. Well, and it's also like when they had someone writing the book, like, obviously so be like embellish a little make it more interesting yeah it's like you're trying to fill a whole book yeah like trying to sell yeah exactly so i get it um and the reporter contacted ed and lorraine warren who we've talked about and for people who don't know ed was a demonologist and lorraine was a medium and they're kind of a big deal in the paranormal world so they came to the house and on february 24th Laura DiDio and a Channel 5 news crew went into the home with Ed and Lorraine. And the house had been vacant for several weeks, but there were still dishes in the sink. Like the gingerbread house Ugh. from Christmas was still on the table. Like Ew. they had like left Everything. in a hurry. Like yeah. they did not take anything with them. Mm-hmm. So the Warrens did seances on the property because that's their thing, mm-hmm. which freaks me out. Terrible. But Lorraine Warren said... Quote, whatever is here has nothing to do with anyone who once walked the earth in human form. It is right from the bowels of the earth. And everyone agreed that the house was harboring a demonic spirit. And um, yeah, basically, she just kept saying, like, this house is like extremely oppressive Hmm. and stuff like that. So great. Yeah. On March 6th, there was another seance at the house with the Warrens. And nearly 20 people took part in this. 
Um, The seance took place in the dining room at midnight, and there were two psychics that were also there taking part, Mary Pascarella and Alberta Riley, and they both picked up on a dark hooded figure that was essentially like following people around the home. Hmm. Um, Mary even got sick, and she went to Missy's room to lay down. And when she looked out at the door, she said she saw figures in the hallway saying the Lord's Prayer backwards, uh-uh. which is, uh-uh. I hate that so much. And she threw holy water at them and said that the water sizzled as if being met with fire. Ew. Yeah. I also find it interesting that she said that like Missy's room was like her haven when she felt sick. Yeah. Which kind of like, it makes me think of like the spirit of like the sick little boy there. Yeah. And like makes me wonder if she was like drawn to that in some way. Yeah, it's weird. It's just, it's weird. It's very interesting. Hmm. So, um, Lorraine said she felt like the spirits in the home were mocking them and also mocking the Lutzes. Um, and she went into the sewing room that night at 3.15 and said she felt like overwhelmed inside and said... Quote, I hope this is as close to hell as I ever get. Whoa. Yeah. Lorraine said that? Yeah. She's kind of dramatic. A little bit. And both Warrens said that this was the most terrifying experience they'd ever had. They always say that. Yeah. But um, during one of their investigations, a photographer named Gene Campbell captured a photo of what some consider to be a ghost boy. Hmm. I'll definitely post it and I'm going to pull it up and show you. Okay. So we can discuss... It's like really blurry, but ew. Are she yeah. not a real child? Yes, that's creepy. That's so, like very clear and solid. Yes. So there's a photo. Who I will took that? Post it. Gene Campbell okay. was one of the people. He was a photographer the- there investigating with them. Ugh. And some people think that the ghost boy is John DeFeo, who was one of the little boys of the DeFeo family. Okay, it's a little white kid. Yeah, it's like a little boy. You can't really see any of his features. So it's like, yeah. I mean, maybe. Um, but other people think that the photo is of Paul Bartz, who was investigating that night. And the figure's eyes are like glowing. And Paul wore glasses sometimes. Mm-hmm. So they think that he was like kneeling, like like just in the doorway. Mm-hmm. And that the light in the eyes was like reflecting off of his yeah. glasses. Um. And what does he look like? I'm trying to pull it up. It's I can't find the picture of him. I will post it, though. There's a picture of him from that night, and he's wearing, like, a plaid shirt. Mm-hmm. And, like, some people think you can, like, see a plaid shirt on the boy. I, you can, like, kind of vaguely see it. So it's like... Yeah, but like, that looks like a little kid's It looks face. like a boy. Like, his head is really small. Yeah. I don't think that it's a full-grown man. No. So I don't... I don't know. That's creepy. That's one of the creepier photos it's, I've ever seen. It's a if pretty creepy picture. If that's actually a spirit, picture. that's terrifying. Yeah. So it's very interesting. Um, I will post all of those things. I'll find it all for you guys so that you can make your own decision on that. But um, in 1977, Hans Holzer went to the house to investigate. R.I.P. Holzer Files. Yeah, it was a good show. Mm-hmm. And he took Ethel Johnson, a medium classic and their camera equipment froze while at the home so they're having technical difficulties and ethel went into a trance and claimed the home was built over an ancient burial site which hans claimed was the root of the activity there oh great um 
There is no reason to believe this is true. I didn't think so. Yeah. Um, the book claimed that there, the area where 112 Ocean Avenue was located had been used by Shinnecock Native Americans as a sort of like infirmary. Hmm. Um, that has been disproven by natives yeah. in the area. Great. So um, Hans Holzer explicitly created a story about a Native American chief, quote, on the warpath. Oh, no. Because his, the home was on a burial ground. Once again, Mm-mm. that is not true. Yeah. That's just like a racial stereotype yeah. that he's making up. So that's terrible. Really hate that. And um, yeah. So if you ever hear that about this story, not true. It is not true. Please, people, stop blaming natives yeah. for hauntings. Yeah. So um, the book also claimed that a man named John Ketchum was forced out of Salem for practicing witchcraft. And that he settled, like, right next to where 112 Ocean Avenue was located. And that he continued devil worship there. Uh. Um, There is no historical evidence (laughs) to prove that John Ketchum was practicing witchcraft. And the only John Ketchum in the area lived 10 miles outside of Amityville. Oh, nah. So, once again, not true. So, it's like, every time they, like, try and come up with a reason for why this home or like this location would have something so dark it's like disproven yeah so um it is believed that the house harbored several different types of haunts um there it is believed that there are at least a few normal ghosts Mm -hmm. um one medium who visited the home believed that the perfume and the feeling of being hugged in the kitchen were um a former tenant of the home like an older couple that had passed away. Aww. So they kind of believe it was like the woman mm-hmm. who lived there. Um, and some people also believe that the little boy was just like a normal ghost. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find anything on like whether there was a little boy who passed away from like a sickness or anything. Yeah. I don't totally believe that that's a little boy. Yeah. I think it could be something darker. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. And then there's also Jody and the hooded figure who mm-hmm. most people believe are some sort of demonic entities or one demonic entity like yeah. showing itself in different ways. Mm-hmm. So nothing has happened in the home since. Surprise. Um, despite some things being like question- in question or some things being disproven. Maybe someone did a blessing that actually worked. Yeah. Well, and like so completed it. in the documentary I was watching too, they're also saying like, hauntings can like start out of nowhere and, and end out of nowhere that's true so it's like it could be yeah that it was true and it's fine now mm-hmm. or it could be that it was fake yeah or it could be that like maybe for some reason the spirits didn't like the lutzes and they yeah. love whoever lives there and they don't want to bother them yeah like it could be anything mm-hmm. i mean that's the deal with hauntings is like you never really know no one actually knows anything yeah so um Despite George and Kathy admitting that some of the things in the book were embellished, they insist that the fundamental story was true. They even both took polygraphs and they both passed with flying hmm. colors. Okay. So it's not used in a court of law, but it is. I mean, I kind of understand. Like, I kind of do believe parts. I mean, I believe Same. that something happened to make them move out of a very nice house that they got for a low price. Yeah. For their children, like... Well, and it's also, like, some things are going to be hard to explain. Yeah. And it's, like, you know, some things can scare you and they'd be totally, like, not exciting to hear. About. Like, yeah. oh, I was so scared my door keeps slamming or, yeah. like, whatever. Like, that would freak me out. I would yeah. want to move. Yeah. But, like, 
that's not going to be super convincing to other people. Or exciting in a book, yeah. So I I believe that something Something happened, happened. and I believe that some of the things that they talked about were probably true. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Yeah. Um, But one thing that's interesting to note is that DeFeo's lawyer, William Weber, admitted that he created the story alongside the Lutzes over several bottles of wine. Oh. And the idea was that it would help his client get a new plea and that it would make the Lutzes money. Hmm. But then the Lutzes, like, refused to sign a contract to, like, work with him. Hmm. So. Okay. But once again, it could have been that they were, like, they oh, had part we're of the talking story. about it because, like, this is true. And then he could be, like, let's embellish even more. And, and they're, like, crazier. okay, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. And then they decided not to do it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah, they're, like, we just lost our house, so yeah. we got to pay for one mm-hmm. later. Um, in 2013, Danny Lutz assisted with the making of a documentary about Amityville, mostly about his experiences. And he said, quote, it's not easy to tell someone how you got thrown up a staircase. Ooh. It's not easy telling someone that your bed was bouncing off the ceiling. Ugh. So I like, mean, I believe it's definitely the children for yeah. sure. Um, and Chris would later talk a little bit about it, saying that neither the book or movies were accurate, but that the home was haunted. Okay. Um, but he and Danny kind of claim that the haunting was because George had an interest in the occult hmm. and that he brought like stuff there and like made up some of the stories later. I would believe that. But that he was like interested in the occult. That makes sense. So like could be. It yeah. would like also explain the like whole saying demons names out loud thing. Yeah. I mean. Because like I can't weird. understand like a person who doesn't have an interest in that doing that. Yeah. But I also could believe that maybe, like, he didn't have an interest in the occult. The house was haunted. He, like, researched it. Mm-hmm. And the kids... He got sucked in. And, yeah. Yeah. And they're his stepkids. They're not his kids. So, yeah. obviously, they're probably going to be like, what the hell are you doing? You exactly. Dude? So... Yeah. I I can see a lot of sides to this story. Yeah. It's just... There's a lot of people involved in it. Yeah. There's a lot of people involved. There's a lot of, like... I mean, it's all... It's stories. They don't have... Other than that photo, which is also contested. Yeah. There's nothing like, there's no physical evidence. Mm-hmm. It's all just people saying what they see or feel. Yeah. Um, so, mm-hmm. so that is the Amityville horror. Mm. Spooky. I, yeah. It's very spooky. It's very fascinating because really. I don't yeah. know like what I believe about it, to mm-hmm. be quite honest. I can like understand it from paranormal side and a skeptic side. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Hmm. So, that is that one. There we go. Yeah. Um, don't watch the Amityville Horror. No, I don't know about the remake. But yeah, I, I The original? Know. Terrible, guys. Terrible. It's just boring. Yeah. It's not spooky. Mm-mm. Highly recommend um, Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, that was good. That was my favorite scary thing we've watched so far. Same. Conjuring, I was a little too scared. Same. But I also am a wimp. So. <laughs> but. Okay, palate cleanser. We've started playing Mario Kart. On Wii. Again. Oh my gosh, we're addicted. We're really good at it. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Not even lying. We actually spend a lot of time. We're winning. A, we only have like two or three characters left to win. So we're getting there. You know, if you guys want to have a Mario Kart we, party uh, championship, <laughs> hit us up. Hit us up. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, you guys should follow us on all the things. On Instagram at Something Sick Podcast or on Twitter at A Sick Podcast or on TikTok, Something Sick Podcast. I almost said our email. Or email us at Something Sick Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs>
Nice. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Bye, homies. Thank you.